Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. His sister was my best friend, and so I met him at her house, and I was pregnant with Beyonce then. It was my first time going there. And he was, I believe you were on, were you on Dynasty? You were on one of the shows then. No, okay. that was pre, that Dynasty, was Dynasty came a little bit later. Okay, something he was doing. I was, he was on TV a lot, and I was like, wow, he's really fine. <laughs> but when I met him, you know, of course I was married and he was married, but you know, he was a cutie. <laughs> she was one of the prettiest women that I had ever seen. And her spirit was just as, was probably more beautiful than she was. She was from Louisiana. She comes from a Broussard family right outside of Lafayette. Same here. So there was... His family's Broussard too. There's a lot of like collective tissue there. So there was an immediate sort of attraction on those other levels, you know what I mean? that weren't necessarily, you know, man and woman, but just on cultural levels and just style and who we were. And so that was probably one of the more attractive things or certainly something that reverberated longer was I could never forget about her spirit and how gentle spirit she was. She was really a beautiful person. She was just married. The first time I met you, you were going to help somebody move. And so I'm from Texas, so if you see somebody on TV and you're from Texas, you're like, they're a movie star, you know? And I was like, wow, he's in a t-shirt and some jeans and he's helping somebody move, you know, physically being a mover. And he was talking about helping this person and helping that person, and I was just really surprised. And that touched me because I didn't expect that from him. I thought he was gonna be arrogant and Mr. Movie Star. <laughs> you know, I didn't understand that really because you think these people are rich and you think they're like movie stars. But uh, yeah, I was really touched by that. And we've always had that in common that we love to help people. Now the irony is, is that she came into a house where I was managing a band. And one day these kids that were like my in-laws group and there were six of them, but a lot of their friends were there. And it was one day that I said, okay, look, I've had enough of this. I'm sick of this. We're having a meeting in the living room. And so the meeting was at three o'clock and I walked into the living room. I said, who are all these damn people? I looked around and counted them. There were 19 people in that room and they all had a reason to be there because this one was friends with this one. This one was related to this one. And it was like insane. It was insane. But that has always been the kind of thing that we both have done. We've both always taken collected in people, people, collected people. Yes. You know, just this weekend, there were people figuring out where they were going to sleep. You know, it's like, but that's always been that way. It's always been that way in her house. It's always been that way in my house in terms of my mother who always had people stand with us. I never remember someone not staying in the other bedroom or something. And so we're both people who help and we're caretakers of people, places and things. We saw each other pretty often because I visited her quite often and um, she died what year? 1991. 1991. And after she passed away, we stayed in touch, obviously, because, you know, I missed her so much. And I had a hair salon. I used to have these charity hair shows. And by then, he was on Dynasty, and he came mm -hmm. down and hosted my show. And he came down and did this play, Arthello, and I kept his daughter, Bianca. She actually stayed with us and Beyonce, and they were friends. And so... We always stayed in touch. And then he did this thing for the drug program where he came to Houston quite a bit. And we would have my husband and me, you know, we were all friends. So we'd have dinner and, and be together quite a bit when you came. Quite I mean, a we bit. We saw him every time. Quite a bit. Came, yeah. If we came up here. Yeah. Never got my film back from Dynasty that I 
let you guys have okay. to show on the thing. You know, they took the film, never gave it back. But I would go down there and be the host or the master of ceremonies and stuff like that. So we stayed connected. But we were family. Yeah, just more like family. There was a period of time when we lost contact. You know, when Beyonce's career took off, their focus was, you know, taking care of her career. And then Solange got older, and, and then my career was going down one road, and their career was going down another. And then there was a period of time where we lost contact. And then one day, I got a phone call from Monica. Now, Monica is one of her best friends. And Monica, ironically, was my ex-girlfriend in 1969, see? Very complicated. It's very complicated. But that didn't last very long. But then her and my sister became best friends. And that's what's created the connection of the three of them. You know, she was closer to my sister, and then when my sister passed, then her and Monica became closer. But, so Monica stayed connected with her. And then one day, about four years ago, I guess, four or five years ago, I got a phone call from Monica, said, hey, you know, Tina's in town and, you know, what you doing? Where can we find some men? I said, well, <laughs> what you looking for? What's the menu? You want them rough? You want them smart? You want them what you want? What you looking for? So I said, well, listen, why don't you guys come by the theater? I'm teaching tonight, so come and just sit in on the theater. So they showed up late, you know, but they showed up and they came in and they sat down and you know, I finished teaching and, and then we went to have uh, drinks afterwards. You want to take it from there? Well, what he's not saying is that leading up to this week, my ex-husband was getting married that Sunday. And so my friend Monica came, who is crazy, good crazy though. I said, oh, I need some Monica. So I was on tour with uh, Beyonce at the time and we were in LA, so she came down. She lives in San Francisco. And she was like, Tina, you're not sitting in this house. This is the weekend. This is Thursday before his wedding on Sunday. Now, I didn't want to get back with him at all, but I was sad because, you know, if you've been married to somebody for that long. So I was kind of down. And so she was like, we're getting out of here. We're going to go see some men. And I'm like, girl, where are we going to find some men at our age? Like, really? And so she says, oh, I'm going to call Richard. And so she calls Richard and I'm like, Monica, you're making me sound like the most desperate person. Like it was her. So we go by his class and there's all these women in the class. And I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm not even thinking like that, but we, um, we went out to have drinks afterwards. And she's like, okay, Richard, we just need Tina to meet a nice guy, you know, just to get her feet wet and get back out there. Because we had been divorced for a long time. I mean, like maybe a year and a half. Um, and so, and so he asked, what are you looking for? And I said, well, I'm looking for somebody with integrity, someone who likes to dance, who likes art, that's just free. And, and so he says, well, what about me? Because it all kind of described who he is. And we both said simultaneously, hell no. <laughs> and that was because we had just left our class and there was all these women in there. And I'm like, where are the men in this class? You know? <laughs> Nothing's changed because it's not him, it's the way women are sometimes. Nothing's with changed. Him. Nothing's Nothing. changed, Which right. Is what I mean, if you've never been that <laughs> person, but the women, you know, they like Richard. Richard's yeah. 70, he still got 70 years old, and they still be like, cuckoo eyes. So I was like, oh, hell no. So we laughed about it, and um, we just had a good time. And then the next night, we went out again, we went to a jazz club. The next night we went to the concert in Vegas and he happened to be in Vegas. And then- started. I happened to be going to Vegas that weekend because anyway. I had invented this workout program called Dance Fit Walk and my trainer had moved to Vegas. Mm -hmm. So I went to pitch it to him to see whether he would be on the team. And so that was already planned. Yeah. That was already planned, but she happened to be in Vegas and yeah. then we went to the show. We talked and then on Sunday was the big day. And you know, I thought I would get up just so sad, but I got up just feeling, I went to church. She said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go to church. And I went to church and I prayed and it was like this weight had been lifted from me. And I was like, wow, I'm feeling really good. Let's go to the movies. And he had given us a church to go to, Richard had. And then on Monday, we had lunch. And I said, you know what? I'm really feeling good. I'm not sad at all. And I said, it's like a weight has been lifted. But the only thing that I'm kind of upset about is that in two weeks, Beyonce has a concert in Houston. 
And I don't want people looking at me saying, oh, look at poor Miss Tina. <laughs> so uh, he said, okay, well, let's just F with him. I'll just come down there and be your date. And I was like, okay. So it was really like just a nice It wasn't so much thing. about messing with him as it was about just supporting you in so that no, you could feel absolutely. feel good and about it. You know, because it wasn't. You know, yeah, but that, it was just true. a joke, really. And so he came down for the concert in two weeks. And, you know, we just had a really good time. And we connected. And eventually we talked and I said, you know, I just got to really take it slow. I said, but I just really want to thank you for coming down here to support me. And he said, well, you know, I'm really attracted to you. And I was like, look, I'm too old for you. No, I thought that's what you said. No, that's what. You didn't tell me you were attracted to me? No, you told me you were attracted to me. Don't try it. And then I said... I'm not so sure. Yeah. Oh, you're not? No, I'm not. I don't think you said it. No, you said it. Okay. You said it. All right. Why are you changing the story now? <laughs> Go ahead, but your story. So anyway, he was like, you keep up with me and nobody's ever been able to keep up with me before so anyway we had a lot in common and we we like to go like he came and I was like let's go we walked in the morning we went to brunch we went to the museum I was so happy to have somebody to hang out with that's the way he rolls he gets up very early in the morning he's got all this energy and the same for me because I dated went on a date and it was like lord these men where is their energy because I'm 63 at the time I was 59 but I was like you know, they just want to sit around and watch TV and I want to go to the museum and I want to go out dancing and I want to have fun. So, you know, a lot of men my age, they're just very settled. They don't have that kind of energy, but he's got more energy than me. Well, you know, it's it's like life is really about attitude. You know, when she said, I might be too old for you, I mean, I understood what she was saying. But the truth of the matter was, is that she had as much lust for life as I did. And regardless of age, seldom had I found somebody who had that kind of passion. She's a passionate person. And I mean, one of the most passionate person. And so up early, I wake up at 4, 4.30, and I'm ready to go. You know, for me to stay in the bed is the hardest thing in the world because it's just like, what, to look at TV or whatever? I'm ready to go do. And so we would be up early. You know, we would be going all day, you know, together or separately. You know, she's got 25 things, 15 plates spinning, and she's handling from this phone call to that phone call. Every phone call is different on a whole different thing. That's exactly the way my life is. You know, I go into the night and the concept of tired and fatigue, I can't even relate to. You know, somebody said to me not too long ago, you know, I've seen you teach for 20 years and I've never seen you yawn. <laughs> and I teach like for four hours, five hours, and they never see me yawn because I'm passionate about what I do and I do what I love and therefore you will always be young. So we're very similar in that sense. So, I mean, she's probably the youngest person that I've ever dated in the sense of her spirit. You know, age is insignificant. Age means nothing. I don't hang with old people. I don't want to be around old people. It's an attitude, but that's, she's the youngest person that I've ever met. Hey fam, it's me, Cody Lane Oliver, co-creator of Black Love and proud Howard grad. I'm just popping in to say thank you so much for listening and to share a little something that our friends at Target are doing to help uplift the next generation of Black talent. Target is teaming up with HBCUs to create Target's HBCU Design Challenge, where students submit designs to be included in Target's Black History Month collection. Plus, winners also receive a cash prize, equipment, mentoring, and networking opportunities. Make sure you check back during Black History Month to see all of the winner's designs that will be featured in Target's 2022 Black History Month collection. Celebrate your legacy, invest in the future. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Visit Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more about Target's commitment to HBCUs. You know, he came down, he stayed like maybe five days, and then the next month I came up here, I was on my way to see Monica, and I actually came and stayed here. I stayed out at the beach for like a week. And then he came back. You know, we just kind of, it was long distance because I was in Houston. 
And so um, we had to travel. But I remember saying to him, you know, I'm just really scared to get involved in this and, you know, kind of scared of the relationship, just getting into a serious relationship. And he kept saying, what is it to be afraid of? You know, you control your own destiny and that type of thing. And then I remember one day I went to church because I was talking to my girlfriends and I was saying, you know, I'm just really scared. And I think I should just really take it really slow and, you know, be a little reserved with it. And I went to church one Sunday and basically the sermon was about that same thing about fear, just having fear to let yourself go. And what you need to do is figure out what's the worst thing that could happen. And I was like, I have survived the worst of it. So what do I have to lose? And if this doesn't work out, then I know if anything this has done for me is let me know that I can live again and I can have fun again and that I can find love again. So if this doesn't work out, then I'll find it again or I won't, but I'll be fine. And so from that point on, I decided that I would just pretty much move forward with everything. But I did have a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety about it, of just being hurt again, you know? See, my philosophy is uh, I live one day at a time. He does. I can't tell you about tomorrow. I know if I take care of today, tomorrow will take care of itself. And one of the things in terms of being an artist, the one thing that I learned is about the unknown. So therefore, in terms of fear, what I do know is that if I am present, then the answer will appear. If I'm present. And I can only be present if I'm dealing with life one day at a time, one moment at a time. Acting is moment to moment. So that in every moment, there is an experience and if I'm present in that, then it'll take care of the next and it'll take care of the next. So for me, the concept of living is, you know, when you say till death do you part, I can't deal with that. I'm a recovering addict. And so therefore, what I understand from that is that I cannot deal with forever. I can deal with today. Let me do the best today that I can do. I have a chance at having a good tomorrow. Because if I'm looking at, you know, these concepts that there is no sense of completion, then the journey becomes full of fear. And, you know, listen, I went down in a plane crash. I understand the possibilities, you know, the reality of being present because I wasn't. Because if I was and listened to myself, I would have never got on that plane because I knew what the deal was. So I have no fear of flying. I have no fear of living. So I live as fully as if today is the last day. And then I know at the end of the day or at any moment, I'm complete. I'm all in, I'm good. So that was good for me because I'm a very analytical person and I like to figure everything out and make sure that it's right. So he really taught me a lot just to be spontaneous and not to worry so much about the effects of you know, just to live your life in the moment. And that's been really good because, you know, really in my life, uh, when my daughters decided to have this career, my whole thing was I'm gonna protect them. I'm never gonna embarrass them. This is not about me, it's their career. I'm gonna be in the background, I'm gonna support them. And that was all great, but now they're grown. And so he really helped me to have fun and to say, why can't you get on Instagram? What's wrong with that? And I'm like, oh, I would never be on social media. And I did it and it was one of the best. Now they want to kill me. <laughs> yeah, the kids. They want to kill like, me. Cause it's like, what did you do? Yeah. You created a monster. <laughs> no. And now I get sucked up in it. She, <laughs> she does her Instagram and she'll say, today we're doing such and such and such. What do you think, Richard? And it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> brave and not to care so much that someone would think he's like your kids are grown like they got their own lives you can't keep hiding and and not having fun and you know watching every little move so that you don't embarrass them you know they're grown women so now when they tell me because they hate me on instagram and salon hates she just got me a private instagram account and i read on instagram where she says first step in getting your mom off of instagram <laughs> And I was like, I don't think so. I ain't going nowhere. That's what I wrote on the comment. Because, you know, I'm having fun. If, if they don't like it, I'm sorry. But I've protected you and I've protected you from me, to say the least. And kind of hid and been really conservative and all of that. And I'm going to live my last day. Because at 59, I moved to a new city 
got a new car, a new man, a new life, and it is possible. I envisioned the type of man I wanted. I prayed for the type of man I wanted, and I got pretty much that. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. But, you know, no. he has a lot of the qualities. No. No. He has a lot of the qualities that uh, that I love, and we're having a really good time, and I'm enjoying life. So there is hope, ladies. I think her friends are always saying, you know, how different Tina is and how much fun she's having. And, I mean, it's about not about taking any credit for me because it really is not about me. It's about what's coming out of her and what she's finding in her own self and the freedom and spontaneity and the laughter and the sense of perfection and the need to be perfect that is dropping away, which allows you to understand that, you know, it's just about a degree of excellence. It's not about perfection. And so it's really wonderful to see her enjoy her life and to see her genius come to the fore because she's genius. She truly is a genius. I can say that not to, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm just saying that I've been fortunate enough to appreciate to see the things that she's created, like that gala, you know, what she did with people and transformation of people's images and getting, you know, straight conservative people to take chances and wear stuff and then, you know, her concepts and all like that. She just did this party for B and it was incredible what she created. So she's truly a genius and I think her ability to be able to appreciate that has a lot to do with the fact that she's letting certain things fall off. I think you can be married and still have a sense of freedom and still be an individual and still be fully realized. Marriage doesn't lock you into something. It's not like you're giving up anything. You're adding on, you know? And, and in this case, you know, like for instance, we got Waco Theater Center, which we co-created. And I think it's a perfect outgrowth of who we are naturally. So we are working together in this and creating something that is really an outgrowth of what we organically do anyway, separately. And now we are doing it together. And we're both really enjoying the fact that uh, our intention is to make change and to create, you know, some change in our culture with our people, with our children, with ourselves. Hey, Black Love fam. This is Cody Elaine Oliver, co-creator of Black Love. And I want to take a beat to let you know that this episode of Black Love, The Interviews is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. And I mean all communities, because at Howard, we used to have a McDonald's on campus. I mean, it's still there, but I say used to because I ain't been there in a while. We used to call it Club McDonald's because that was the spot at all hours of the day to hang out, have a good time, and for sure get something to eat. So it was the place to study. It was the place after the club, but we still called it Club McDonald's because it was packed, uh, very reliable, and I absolutely love McDonald's for that. So know that when you're going to McDonald's, you're not just getting a good bite, but you are finding time to spend a little one-on-one or 40-on-40 with your homies (laughs) at Club McDonald's on Howard's campus and wherever you live. So remember, I'm loving it. You should too. I loved being married. I mean, I believe in the institution of marriage. I believe, you know, you become really one and you become a, a team. One in some ways, not in every way, but for us, it was just a natural progression because as we became closer, we wanted to be around each other more. I came up here to stay three months to remodel Solange's apartment and I wind up not leaving. I love LA. LA was the first place I lived and I always wanted to come back here. Little did I know at 59, I'd be coming back. But I think marriage just kind of became a thing because we were living together and you know, having a good time together and we wanted to build some things together. And we went on two trips, actually three boat trips. And uh, my daughter gave me for my 60th birthday, this boat trip. And we went on that boat trip and all the other people on the boat trip were married except us. So that kind of, I think, influenced us a little bit because I mean, it was great. And we called it the love boat. We just kind of rekindled relationships. (laughs) So we were in that romantic space. 
And then after that, I went on a boat trip with my friends and then he met me there. We went on the boat with Beyonce and Jay and Blue and some other friends. And then one night we came down and Blue said, uh, oh, y'all look beautiful. When are y'all getting married? And I think she was about three. Mm-hmm. And Richard said, oh, Blue, would you approve if that happened? And she said, yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, because you know what? She's seeing us staying together and all of this. You know, she probably is like, okay, what's going on here? Because I know that people are supposed to be married or whatever. Not that that made us do it, but it kind of made us start laughing about it and mm-hmm. talking about it. And then we just decided, I think on that trip, right? Or maybe when we got back. We I talked think when about we got it, back. Seriously. The concept of marriage, because this is my third one, in a lot of the marriages that I saw, it was sort of like two plates, one on top of the other. So somebody is a little suppressed. Somebody is at effect too, whoever the stronger portion, partner is. You mean the marriages you experienced or you're saying? I'm just marriages that I have observed. For me, the concept of marriage is to have those two plates side by side, touching and connected. And so you draw from the qualities of each other, but you're two separate people who are connected and you're sharing qualities, good and bad. And especially in our case, because there are two alpha dogs here and there's no question about it. And we both have very strong opinions and she's been the queen in her universe and I've been the king in mine. And so therefore we have to work through things and we have to be clear about things and we have to communicate about things. And so it's not like taking a little skit on still waters and there's no, sometimes it's like you gotta learn how to ride the waves because we both have those waves and we both create that in our lives in terms of what we create. And so it's in terms of managing, it's how do you manage that to the benefit of the bigger picture. We do that well because we're both very powerful people. I have mad respect for what she's capable of. And I think she has mad respect for what I'm capable of because we're both capable of a lot. We don't need each other, but together we are better and we are more powerful and stronger and stuff. Did you want to get married again before you two connected? Was that a thought? It absolutely was not. I loved my life. I enjoyed my life. You know, I was having and still having a good life. It wasn't that I was looking to get married, but it was something that just sort of organically and naturally fell into place. It was something that said, well, why not? You know what I mean? I think a lot of the things that I did in my first marriage, I try to avoid. One is, you know, I always say that the day I had a child and I saw my child, I became a mother first. So this time around, I'm trying to be a wife first. Not all the time, because it's not always possible, and sometimes I am a mother first. But also feel like I deserve to spend some time on my life as well, and not to pretty much dedicate my life. You know, I have to make some hard decisions sometimes, and I made a lot of milestones in terms of feeling like I have to be there for everything that they do and be so supportive. And I did that a lot. And so I'm trying really this time around to respect myself a little more and my feelings and my wants and my needs and put myself first and put my marriage first. So that's what I brought into this, the good part. You know, I'm sure there's some bad parts too, but that's what I can think of about, you know, the good part. There's 24 hours in a day. There's 12 hours of light and there's 12 hours of dark. There are creatures that live in the light and there are different creatures that live in the dark. And what I really understand is, is that the day is whole when you go through those 12 and 12. We as human beings have the same thing. You know, neither one of us are perfect. And where we have probably the biggest challenge is the thing that bothers you about that other person is right here. Because this is what's bothering you is this, not that. You just see it over there, but it's here. And the beautiful part about this is that we both have had big lives. Very few people have seen what she's seen. 
very few people have seen what I have seen in my life and had the experiences, dark and light. And so the fact that we have enjoyed that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we're over. We're past certain things. Some of those things have dropped off. And now I think in terms of us being able to appreciate certain aspects of each other and at the same time be able to tolerate or to understand or to forgive or to be resilient or to be accepting of the imperfect because there ain't nothing perfect. Life is about how you overcome the challenges, not the stuff that is so easy. It's how you get through the rough times. It's how you get back up on your feet. And we are two survivors and warriors. Mm -hmm. You know, and between the two of us, there's nothing that we haven't seen financially, emotionally, or whatever. So I think there's a real appreciation that we have. And then together what we can do and how we can help and what we can change in the world is really powerful. I think we have a lot of power as a couple. Yeah. Well, I think everybody has expectations. You know, you have expectations of a marriage, but I think our biggest challenge is like, both of us are good at a lot of things. And so, you know, he says that we should stay in our lanes, but you know, what are the chosen lanes? Look, chosen the lanes. chosen lanes. You I feel like I'm good at a whole bunch of things. Right. He feels like he's good at a whole bunch right. of things. Right. But there's certain things that she does. And I see that she started down that road. Mm-hmm. I ain't messing with that. <laughs> I ain't messing with that. And the same for him. I mean, it's like we just had a gala. So all the creative stuff like, you know, creating the vignettes or entertainment and all that stuff, because I love to give parties. But when it came down to the audio part and the sound and the lighting and making the video and stuff like that, things like that. And listen, I'm the person that will talk to a business person, but I'll talk to them like I'm talking to you or anybody else. I'm not the corporate person. I might forget to call you back and tell you thank you. I might forget our appointment because I'm doing a million things. He's that person that's going to stay on track. He's organized. I think we're a good team because where I fall short, he takes up the slack. But sometimes, you know, we cross over and we go at it because you do have two alpha people. And sometimes I think it's easier when you don't. I think it's easier when one person kind of will bow down. But this ain't happening here. So. Well, yeah, there, but there's things, like I said, that, you know, you pick you your pick poison, yeah. you know, and you pick and there's certain things that I don't have to be a part of, you know, that she's doing. And whatever the results are, I'm good. I don't have to agree with none of it because this is a principle that I believe I operate by moment to moment. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I live by that. So I know what I can't change in her. I ain't even going to try. I know what I can change is me. That I can control. And I'm not going to let anybody else mess with that. Even her. There's places where it's like, hold up. I got this, you know, and I don't go any further. I won't let her come any further, especially like even with fashion things. She's a stylist, but I got my own style. I don't need you to style me unless I ask you to. And he don't want me to style him, even though, you know, sometimes. Like, did you hear with that hat today? She <laughs> you hear the hat? Oh, the hat. <laughs> the thing. Why are you being so difficult? Well, shit, if I told you to take off that, you would say the same thing. No, we just had a... <laughs> We went to the shower and it was African theme. And then I said, Richard, can you come and take, because we had a um, Malik Sidibe booth, which was amazing, black and white photos that are, you know, traditional. So I was like, you know, I have a king outfit for you and I'm going to put on a queen and we're going to take this family photo or whatever. But the next thing I know, he got on the African Big Apple hat and he looks like Iceberg African Slim. <laughs> and I'm like, can you just put on the hat? And he's like, no, this is my thing. And, you know, I must say that I saw a picture and it's really cool. I really like the picture. But at the time I was like, this was supposed to be my thing. I'm the stylist. She styles everything. You understand? But that's just her way. I don't care. Somebody can say, take a picture in the airport. 
she's in style in the airport before she takes the picture. It's That's like, right. it's you know, whatever. Stylist, what can I say? Like now, looking back, you can laugh and you saw the picture and you're like, it looked pretty cool. But it looked good. Is it like, Arr. at the time, I wanted to kill him. Right. And if I had a wore what she wore, I'd have been standing up there with the attitude what and I would have been saying, right. I should have worn stuff I wanted to wear. Why am I, you know, right. that I'm not going to go through. No, he doesn't so, do that. It's funny because in a movie that Beyonce did, Idris Elba is in it, he says, obsessed. oh, obsessed. He says, what tie should I wear, the red or the blue? And she says, the red, and he puts on the blue. And I just think that's a man thing. He asked her, but he didn't put on, and I see that a lot. So even if he asked me, which one of these jackets you like? And I say, that one, he'll come downstairs with a jacket on. Mm, no, no. Defiance. no. That's what it is. Defiance is not okay. No, no, no. But, but if he just... tells me, if I'm doing a speech, because, you know, I was afraid of public speaking. And people always ask me. They always ask to give me awards and stuff, and I would pass it up. And I went to Houston, and I said, I'm going to do this to this young girl who I really like, her organization, because it really helps people. So anyway, I had to speak and be the keynote speaker, and I was terrified. And literally in one night, this man got me to speak. I mean, he's a genius at teaching and bringing out the best because it was so logical what he was saying because he was like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, I'm like, people be hating and they be looking at you all like this. And he's like, well, focus on two people. Make eye contact with two people who like you. One over here and one over there. And I tried it and, you know, I love it now. So he's really good at something. So I don't question that. But when it comes to fashion, that is my thing, and I would like to have a little Look, never let your creativity pass through the lens of someone else's morality. I don't care if they're your wife. That's right. I got it. Never let your creativity pass through the lens of someone else's morality. Okay. You got to do you. I would fight for her to have her viewpoint. Really, I am not going to need to because of the fact that she will fight harder than anybody for her to get her idea complete. Now, Beyonce's the same way. Beyonce, I don't care who it is, she's gonna complete her idea. And Solange. You know, and Solange, she's gonna com they're gonna complete, but they get that from her. Hey fam, it's me, Cody Lane Oliver, co-creator of Black Love and proud Howard grad. I'm just popping in to say thank you so much for listening and to share a little something that our friends at Target are doing to help uplift the next generation of Black talent. Target is teaming up with HBCUs to create Target's HBCU Design Challenge, where students submit designs to be included in Target's Black History Month collection. Plus, winners also receive a cash prize, equipment, mentoring, and networking opportunities. Make sure you check back during Black History Month to see all of the winner's designs that will be featured in Target's 2022 Black History Month collection. Celebrate your legacy, invest in the future. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Visit Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more about Target's commitment to HBCUs. I called her children and I asked for her hand in marriage from them. I said, Beyonce, I'm thinking, you know, I love your mother. And um, I really would like her hand in marriage, but only if you agree. And she was so excited. And Solange was the same thing. And I thought that that was important because I knew without that, based upon the fact that Tina lives for her children, that it didn't stand a chance unless they were on board. And so I was fortunate enough that, that they were completely on board and they were just over the top excited about it. It helped that, you know, since Beyonce was a little kid and Solange and Kelly, they heard about Richard, even when he wasn't there. They heard about him and, you know, I talked really nice about him all the time and uh, Beyonce remembers him because she was old enough and she remembers Bianca, of course. But, you know, they like him as a person a lot. And they were just so happy to see me happy. So it has been wonderful. I mean, I was a little, you know, nervous about it at first, but our blended family is wonderful. His son is like my son. His daughter is like my daughter. And, you know, that was a little scary because sometimes it can kind of go a little haywire. But, you know, we all are together a lot and we have a good time and everybody respects each other and, and we get along really well. It's a really good environment. They're all great 
people. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are individually. All individually, right. I love to hang out with my son because he's a great guy. And my daughter, Bianca, was the only person who I ever went on every red carpet with since she was six. Right. And then when she got a little bit older, people thought, who is that, that man? Girlfriend? Is that his girlfriend? <laughs> you know, until recently. Yeah. And, you know, I love hanging out with her. And Beyonce and Solange are incredible people. I have the maddest respect for them. And it's interesting that if you look over the last year and you look at, you know, Beyonce's album, and then the tour, and then the film, and the statement that she made, and you look at Solange's album, and the statement that she made, and then what we're doing, and my daughter's involved in that, and then my son is involved with us too, and then Jay, who I have the maddest respect for, I love that man so much, and what a great father he is, and this, he's a great man. And I think we're very fortunate to have um, a group and a family dynamic that is really incredible. What would you say to someone who's trying to figure out if it's worth it to try to find love again? You know, it's hard. I don't think it's as hard as people make it. I think that we think it's going to be hard. There was a time when I wondered if I would find love again. And I was like, well, you know, maybe God's plan for me is to be by myself and to, you know, just live my life because I got a great life. But once I decided I deserved that and I wanted it and I wanted a partner in my life to do things with, to go dancing with, to go to the museum. and. I envisioned what I wanted and I prayed for it and I claimed it and it happened. I mean, it happened that my ex-husband got married Sunday and I started dating him Monday. I mean, what is that? You know, and it can happen. It's happened. And as a matter of fact, my girlfriend who maybe two years before came to me one day who had been by herself for 12 years. She had been going to Bible study for a year and she said, it's time. I'm gonna meet somebody, I'm gonna be married by next year, or at least dating somebody seriously. And I was like, okay. And she said, no, I got on online dating. And I was like, oh, you are crazy. <laughs> and then she started going out and she started doing things. And I swear within three months, she had a guy. So during the time that my ex-husband was getting married that week, she got married the week before. And guess who the wedding planner was? Me. So I had to plan a wedding, go with her. I bought her wedding dress. I planned the wedding. I did everything. I picked out the flowers and he was getting married. But the point is she claimed it. And within no time she had someone because she believed that she deserved someone and she got in a relationship and she's crazy happy. And she's been married for three years. So I had examples all around me and I remember having a conversation with Solange and she said, Mom, I got four friends who have mothers and fathers that's divorced and they're in their late 50s and they've all remarried and they are so happy. And I was like, I don't believe that. Where am I going to meet somebody? I'm not going to clubs. I'm not going. She's like, I don't know, in the airplane. Maybe it's somebody you went to high school with. I don't know, but it's going to happen. And it did happen. And I'm really happy that it happened. And it's no reason, it's people out there. You just gotta connect and you gotta get out there and you gotta believe that it could happen. That's what I think the most important thing is. See, I think that, you know, people look for stuff out there and I think you gotta look here in terms of, you know, you gotta fall in love with yourself. Yeah. If you saw yourself walking down the street, would you wanna, would you wanna be friends with that person? Would you be attracted to that person? Mm -hmm. You know, and so you gotta love yourself. And you have to be able to be still and be with yourself. And I think if you can do that, then it's easier for other people to see the same qualities you appreciate Absolutely. in your own self. Because it starts here. You know, if you're looking out there and you're looking for the perfect guy, then what I'm saying is be the perfect person. Right. You know, be the qualities that you are trying to create in others. And then let your life let it be an attraction, not promotion. You know what I mean? Live your life in a way that is going to generate love and give and a sense of consciousness and help somebody and do those kind of things. And other people will observe that and say, my, I want some of that. Mm 
I want to be like that. I want to do that. And that's always a powerful life force. Mm -hmm. You know, so if your life force is strong enough, you're going to attract all kinds of, of attraction. It is. And it's very true because going through that period leading up to that time, like I said, it had been a year and a half and I had all this self-reflection and I wrote a lot. I went to museums. I did all the things. I read all my art books. I visited friends. That's how I reconnected with Monica. I was like, you know, one night I was at Beyonce's and she was like, mama, what makes you really laugh? And I said, Monica makes me laugh because she's so crazy. And she said, call her right now. And I hadn't talked to her for a long time, but I called her and I started, I mean, being happier because this girl was so crazy and she made me laugh. And she was like, let's get up and go follow them on tour. But you don't work. So we went all over Europe eating at little restaurants and going to museums and, you know, she's a painter and just buying clothes and having fun. And I started really liking myself again. That's very key because I don't know how much I liked myself because all I did was work. I was running a company. I worked for Beyonce. I did the costumes. I did. I worked seven days a week. I went to church. I did my charity work whenever I had time. But I really wasn't feeding my soul. And I think once I started feeding my soul and I became important, I became more attractive and I attracted him. But if I would have met him a year before, I wouldn't have attracted him because I hadn't found myself. I didn't really like me that much. Hmm. But one day talking about what he was just talking about, I wrote down all the good things about myself, which is really hard. Have you ever tried to do that? To just sit down and write out 10 things that are really good about yourself. I wrote these things about myself and I was like, I'm a bad sister. <laughs> I have done some pretty incredible things. I'm not so bad. I deserve somebody because I'm great, you know? And that's not an arrogant thing. That's just like all these years, I've accomplished all these things, but I never really even took a look at them. I never owned them or felt good about them. So all of a sudden I felt good about myself and I think that's how I was able to attract someone. So if you are out there and you want to attract somebody, fall in love with yourself mm -hmm. and know your worth. You know, it really makes a difference. Just so you know, arrogance actually means claiming for oneself. It also means pride. So there was a bit of arrogance, but not the cocky side. But you know, one thing Einstein said, if you want something, and you vibrate on the level of the thing that you want, the only thing that can happen is that you will get it. It's not philosophy, it's physics. It's energy. It's physics, it's the energy, it's like music. When there's a vibration on the same level, then you are in unison, you know what I'm saying? So to create unison, there has to be a vibration that is the same. That's what that powerful energy of love, when you meet someone, this is, you know, one of the, one of the disasters in this world is that people stop slow dancing. Because when people slow dance, there was an energy, you felt that energy. You know, you were heart to heart and the person was next to you and you smelt them. You felt their energy and you felt their heart beating. And so you would talk and you would get to know and you would fall in love in that moment or you would know for sure you know, we got a little spot over in the hood that we go to all the time. We take our friends. People are surprised. Y'all go down there and dance? Shoot, ain't you afraid you're going to get shot? They got and fried shrimp. Yeah. Catfish. It, no, yes, it, it is. That's our spot. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. And we take our friends there and they just have the best time. I want to take my kids there one night. We just got to get in the disguise. Good luck with that. Yeah, it'll be fun. Good luck with that. Remember the alcoholic's prayer. Yeah. That'll get really. you through everything. Yep. Just know what you can change and know what you can't. But and know the okay difference. be okay with it. Which doesn't mean that you don't stop. You know, you don't want to kill the other person sometimes. Cause that's just real. That's real life. I've never wanted to kill you. Never you never. I want to kill you a lot. What's the last time you wanted to kill him? Uh, oh, during the gala, when he wanted to give away my source of where I 
walk for oh, hours to find so this place to have these great jackets on Minka wear. And he was like, he wanted to put it on the website. And that's the I didn't hours, want to put it on the website. Cool. I wasn't going to put it on the website. He'll I had some friends that called me to say, man, we, you know, I don't know what to do. I said, listen, let me help you out. These are like investment bankers. These are squares that I'm trying to help I was relax. Them. I and was I said, she went, in. I, didn't I said, where's the, where's the, where's the website? I mean, where's the website you showed me? She says, I don't know where it is. I, I said, Tina, where's the website? She says, I don't know. You have to go down there. I said, give me the website. And she says, a stylist doesn't give her sources away. It's like a journalist giving their sources away. Would you give your source away? <clears throat> and then I asked Beyonce, I said, I'm so mad at him. I said, because he wants to just give my stuff away. It ain't his to give away. It's my stuff. And she's like, mama, it's not that deep. It's just some jackets. I said, you know what? What if Thank you would have found somebody to do your artwork for your album and then I just gave it to someone else and I said, oh, go to them, they're great. And this person, and she was like, that ain't an album cover, it's a jacket. <laughs> but see, I feel like it is my album cover, you know what I'm saying? So, because that's my profession. So I wanted to kill him. I was really, really mad at him that he couldn't understand that. But he is just a giver, so he'll give everything away. We have to be really careful. And sometimes if I'm mad about something like that and it's not so deep as a jacket, then I will talk to my kids, but I try not to. We, we try to work it out between us because we're two logical, smart people. We usually get, we can work it out. And the good thing is that Richard is not a grudge holder. He's not, you know, he won't hold a grudge. I love that about him more than bet? anything else. He probably holds <laughs> a grudge. He probably I does don't. hold a grudge. I don't, I don't. But he, you never see it. So he can be so mad at you and then he'll come and say, you want me to bring something to eat? And it's so sweet. So he just gets over and he doesn't hang on to it. Now I might hang on to it for a minute, but try. But when somebody does something sweet like that, what can you do but be nice? And so we just kind of move over because it ain't that deep, you know? We haven't really had any real deep problems yet, so when we do, we'll probably talk to a therapist. Maybe we'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I do believe in going to therapists because you know, you pay them to listen and they are a little less biased than your family members. I think it's a real mistake to bring your problems to your family because then you make up and then they pissed off at you. So I've made it a rule not to get in my kids' business. I don't want them in mine. And if I need to talk to somebody, I like to talk to a professional. That's I believe true. in therapy. That's a great point. Yeah. Because people don't talk about what happened after you made up. Exactly. You share all the, all the bad shit. All and that. Then, they hate, then that they hate that person. Then you made up with them and you mad at them for not liking them. <laughs> it's too crazy. So I made it a point because I don't want to judge and I don't want to be mad at them and I don't want you to be mad at my man because we'll probably make up, you know? <laughs> hmm. Yeah.